Hello, citizens of the Imperium. Feels weird to say that. It's been a minute. I'm your host, Singh, back at Horus Hour once again, as always, with my venerable Sigil like Varela. Hello there. Varela, how are we doing? Uh, we're doing good. It's been very hot, and it's very hot in the cupboard as of right now. Uh, I think I might dehydrate and die before this episode ends. I'm going to be honest. This is We've a big you, uh, book. We'll rig you up to a heartbeat monitor. That way you can make <laughs> sure you're uh, good to go. Yeah, no, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, it's been a busy, busy period for both of us, I think. And um, anytime we've had to sort of talk heresy, I have spent, or, or to even consider heresy, I've been spending painting or building. Um, because obviously... 2.0 is finally out and um so we yeah it's been a long i don't even want to look when the last time was that we sat down and did one of these but <laughs> I, I, it's been a while um we're wrapping up our season today um weirdly enough so but i think we'll it'll be a bit of a weird one i think i think we'll um we'll, we'll wrap this season up and then we'll we'll aim to crack on sooner and try and get back into the rhythm a little bit because i've uh, i've missed doing this i don't know about you yeah, definitely. It feels more like a season start than a finale, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, yeah, just just let this. I mean, let the season fizzle out and then. Hey, we'll let's go, just, let's just pretend, bro. This is just the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Season. What season was it? Uh, I actually don't know. Uh, I want to well, say it's well, like seven. Yeah, yeah, season seven's over. This is the beginning of season eight now, uh, officially. Season there you go. Eight. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do the rumor engine as well. I've been ages since I've done a rumor engine. <laughs> there you go. Um, in terms of housekeeping, um, we'll have Mitch by the time this episode's aired. That'll have gone public. It's currently out with the Patreons. Um, yeah, we've got a little. We've got a little Mitch store set up. Um, should be able to order basically from anywhere. It's, it's just through Teespring using Zai's awesome work. Uh, so it's just the logo design at the moment. Um, yeah, no, we got we got t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, uh, hoodies, a mug. I think the mug is my favorite, and um, and then also some really cool looking stickers, which should be which should work really nice. Maybe put on your gaming cases or or wherever you want. You know, put them on your just car. put it on your mini, dude. You know, what I'm put saying you'll have Mark II, dude. <laughs> yeah, put yeah, put it put it on your Land Raider. There you go. And when it comes out on Thursday, um, but yeah, no, it's been um, it's been full on, and, and obviously today we are covering Angels of Caliban. Finally, some would say, um, a Dark Angels book, the last one of the Heresy, I would argue, at least that we're going to cover. The Lion's last chance to be cool. Is he cool, know. Varela? It, no. <laughs> He you know, there's something funny about this book, though. What's what's funny about? I mean, there's a lot of funny. The lion is on the cover. It's going to be a funny book, but no, no, no. It made me more fond of Gilliman than any other book before. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. So obviously, when we started season whatever, oh so long ago, I I couldn't really quite remember what was in which book. So now at least I know that I know whatever we haven't talked about is in this book. Um. Which which are these some really big moments and um, it should be quite interesting to to get to talk through a little bit. 
but this is sure. this, this is um i mean there's a lot going on in this book really because obviously you have um it is the conclusion i would say of the imperial secundus arc um and somehow tied in with the dark angels finally going upsie finally realizing that they're uh the lions may be holding them back. Uh oh. Hence, hence the title, right? Um, obviously, no spoilers as as of yet. But yeah, no, I, you know, I, I remember actually being presently surprised by this book. I did. I think I. I was doing. I did the first two Dark Angels books. I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, no, they're okay. There, there wasn't a consistent writer, and the Dark Angels still. Gav Thorpe took this one. I thought he actually did a pretty good job. Um, they still don't have that consistent author that's taken them through the heresy. Um, I think Gav Thorpe's done a really good job. I, you know, obviously, Corswain is a fan favorite. Um, he'll be coming out on with whether well, he'll be coming out literally of the Land Raider. By the way, <laughs> when the Land Raider is announced, Corswain and a squad of Mark II Marines will be coming out of it. Um, I've been told. Um, the source never lies. Um, but yeah, this is this is um. This is a really interesting book. Personally, for me, it's the stuff not concerning the lines or, or not concerning Luther too much for me. We kind of know what happens with the Dark Angels ultimately. And um, um, I found the Imperium Secundus stuff of this far more interesting. I don't know about you, brother. How dare you, sir? No, 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 no. Imperium Secundus? No, that, that sucks. That sucks. You were literally we, we just talk talking about, about how this is your favorite Gilliman story. We, we yeah. don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Mm. I, I don't, in premium seconds, what is that? I mean, you still don't have to like him. You're just saying this one is the least worst. Hey, man. I'm just trying. I'm nah. helping you out here. I'm throwing you a bone. <laughs> Take the bone. Yeah, true, 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 true. So, um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I also think this is probably the book that saw people become infatuated with dark angels in the heresy i think there's a lot of like set piece dark angel moments which really show what's like the orders of, of the dark angels are all about to, that would make people go yeah that's a bit of me and black's really easy to paint <laughs> i'm on board and then they realize they got a paint checkered palette checkerboard pattern and they're like ah problem um so yeah, why don't, why don't you take me through your thoughts, Varela, uh, of what you thought about the book, and and then give me a rating. Um, sure. I mean, it, the book itself isn't anything to write home about, right? Um, like, yeah, it's it's okay. You know, it's got its ups and downs. I, I don't remember a good portion of the book, uh, which would mean to me that I wasn't very invested in that portion. Uh, I just looked at the um, Lexiconum page, and I just remembered because of that that there's a part that that's just like horrors doing some stuff and it's got literally nothing to do with any other part of the story. <laughs> I find that kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, a um, there's a couple characters that aren't great. There's a couple characters that are really good. I mainly like Luther and like Z Zahariel, not respectively the other way around. Actually, I think Luther is really good and Zahariel isn't great. Um, yeah, the lion's still a bumbling idiot for a good part of it. He does some good stuff for once, you know? 
Uh, and by the end, he seems to realize that he's a bumbling idiot, which is good. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, not too noteworthy, not too shabby. I'll give it a 7.65. I don't think it deserves any more decimal places. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I do kind of agree. I think there are... It, I think uh, Gav actually did quite well to fit in what he was briefed to put in because it feels like, I don't know, the, the middle of Horus Heresy is a weird and wonderful place because there's a lot of just what, 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 what was this for? And then there's uh, some really great books. And, and then some books are even, half of it can be like, well, what was this for? And half of it is like, this is great. Personally, for me, I really like all of the um, Imperium Secundus stuff. And I think the big set piece element of Imperium Secundus that happens towards the end has some pretty cool dialogue. It's Gilliman and, and the lion, all their tension coming to, to a head and um, shows why Imperium Secundus is, was never going to work, ultimately. And, you know, basically how Gilliman can't let other people play with his toys. It, I think that's fair. Um, and also, like, how checked out Sanguinius is about this whole thing. And, yeah. But at the same time, it feels like they were like, well, we can't make a whole book out of this, so we'll wrap it up somewhere else. So, Gav, can you do a, can you do a book about the Dark Angels, but also finish off Imperium Secundus for us, please? Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of how it feels, right? Um, the the uh, you know, in almost every Horace Heresy book, you jump between maybe lo- locations or settings and, and characters, right? But it's usually somewhat viable and within the same space. So perhaps Mercedes Oliton's POV and Garvey or Loken's POV. They might both be on board the vengeful spirit, so they they're affected by the same things, but because of they're so they're such different people, uh, their experiences differ, and and that's where the synergy comes from. Whereas here it is like McCrag Caliban, McCrag Caliban, and it's like whoa, there's, and there's no relevancy between the two stories. Would you agree? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Can we can we rewind? It was between who and who. McCrag Caliban, McCrag Caliban. Oh, uh, I for me there was just too much yeah. of a disconnect in this book. Yeah, I it was mean, like, oh well, the lions in Imperium Secundus, and he's a dark angel. So let's do Luther's downfall. Yeah, mainly because um, the whole Caliban plot is more connected with the Corswain uh, half of the Legion, ain't it? So it's just like, yeah, it's just out there, really. It, it's not connected with the main plot at all. Even by the end, because by the end, um, well, I, I shouldn't go over anything. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, even by the end, it doesn't. It, like it looks like it's going to be connected, and then it's not, <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as I recall. So yeah, yeah. Um, so for better. me, it's a seven point three two. I think okay. it's a good book. I don't. I, if we drift into, if I'm drifting into sixes, it's it's not a good book. I've, I I think this is good. I think it's serviceable. I think we're going to take the piss out of the lion for what happens in this book. 
but yeah is it, it's just trying to do too much in not enough time oh also i just recalled why uh not recalled i read a little bit <laughs> uh on why zeremond uh happens at the beginning it's because um luther grabs whatever fleet elements he still has and goes to zeremond to help uh horus and uh the death guard and then the lion's like the, the lion throws a hissy fit and goes like well now you don't get your space toys anymore <laughs> that <Yeah>. was it <laughs> yeah and uh oh i don't know yeah it's a weird one okay well without that Without further ado, let's get into the. I'll do it for once, even. Let's go. Spoilers. There it is. They're deep, bro. That's kind of sus. Sounds sus. This became PG 13. Um, <laughs> let's do the. Um, let's do the Thursday ratings. Why don't I take it away on Twitter with a bit more of a critical look, kind of like what we had right by Mike? Uh, he said one of the more disappointing books of the series for me. But well written as always by Gab Thorpe. I just find the machinations of the Dark Angels confusing. Thought they may be purposeful and not particularly interesting. The conclusion to the Hunt for Kerr's storyline, which I went on for way too long, is frustrating. It feels like the only reason Kerr survives is because the pre-existing law says he has to. 6.55. That is a great point, by the way. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think we knew this, this could potentially happen when he is he is kept alive by the grace of an intercom, you know. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> uh, I I like Kiz as a character. Um, we've said before, haven't we? I mean, we did a Patreon video. You can sign up to our Patreon for just one pound a month. Um, that perhaps a Primark could go. Um, I I won't spoil who I put. I didn't put Kiz, but I think Kiz is a good shout. Um, but I think there was just so much existing evidence for him for some weird reason he specifically dies in 40k like none of the other characters get written about like that um, yeah he has like a very explicit episode uh, yeah. where where he dies exactly spoilers for 40k but i mean this is a horace heresy channel that's uh we don't we don't do that here uh, we um, don't know no, no 40k we're not there yet and um yeah, no, I, I I still like Kiz, and I still like what he does in this book. I think he's like the he's ba- he is basically the Joker. He's a very manipulative guy. Um, he doesn't necessarily have a plan. He just runs with it and is very creative on the spot. Um, and do you want to take one from Discord? Uh, oh, you wanna you wanna stagger it? I was going to. There's not too many this time. I think that might just be people getting going. Oh my god. Uh, oh, I tell you what, why didn't you do Witch Kings? We'll hit Lord Doran's last, and I'll help you out with that one. All right, all right, all right. we can do that, we can do that. All right, so Witch King says, this is probably one of the better books for the Dark Angels. Gives a real glimpse as to how deadly and efficient they were during the Great Crusade. Some of the better inter-primarch interactions, especially with Curse and Sanguinius. A lot of love for Red Loss and the Dreadwing. A really solid book, and one that I have reread. 8.7 out of 10. Slight, bi- slight bias of a witch as he is a <laughs> massive Dark Angels fan but you know if you like the book that's great and I, I think you're right I think if you're a Dark Angel fan this this has some moments that really is just like yeah just rock and roll yeah uh, it, anywhere where Red Loss shows up uh, is just an instant dub honestly yeah. exactly uh, so I'm going to do uh, the Irregulars now on Twitter also a Dark Angel fan full disclosure 9 Luthers out of 10 Lions 
What a good Dark Angels book. No bias. I mean, he's covering his bases. <laughs> uh, Luther starts his ultimate betrayal. Lion leaves the League of Blondes. And Kurz does Kurz stuff. The ultra cool demon drive. How the Dark Angels get around quicker is so cool. Kind of wish there was more of this interaction between the Lion and the Drive. This is this is Siri, right? As I call it. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume, yeah, I assume it is what you're talking about. Um, the main Dark Angels protagonist, Corswain, is mentioned in this book. Yeah, help me out here. How much is Corswain actually talked about in the end? I, I don't remember him being... He's just it. mentioned. He's just mentioned. I don't know. It. Look, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer all today. I'm very excited to be back. But I don't, I don't get it. I don't get uh, it. Like, what, do you mean, what do you mean you don't get it? I don't get Corsway. Oh, but, but like, he, he, like beat the, he beat the shit out of a, a Typhon, like Kalos Typhon. Right, but like, yeah. like, the only thing I've ever actually seen him do and not had stories about is like, he like rugby tackled someone in the mud Um, in a short story. Are you sure um, that's not Blood Bowl? <laughs> I think so. No, uh, he helps. In a in the short story, Savage Weapons, yeah, which is set during the Framus Crusade, um, Kurz and it's like like two years into the Framus Crusade. It's kind of like it's all been happening while he's been gone. It's all interesting premise. Um, and the Lion and Kurz meet on like a Dust Bowl planet, and. Kurz keeps talking about how he gets premonitions and the lion just then suddenly just out of nowhere just decides and then actually just runs him through with his sword and then they literally just start like wrestling in the mud and just beating each other and course and like basically Corswain is there as one of the lions like honor guard and so obviously they start fighting with um Sevatar and and another guy and Corswain is like kind of cool in it but the, yeah I mean, he wears a big sort of wolf pelt thing, and that's what he's got going for him. Um, all right, all right. Maybe I'm just a Dark Angels hater, but look, I'm sure when he comes out, he's going to have a great model. But I just don't get it. I mean, apparently from what you said, like he held off not just Sevatar, but a second Night Lord. Well, there were two of them. He actually runs away and lets the other Dark Angel on a guard die. Wow, okay. To go help the lion, who didn't really need help anyway. And I'll say the short story is actually really cool because it basically is like, obviously, both sides are in are in orbit while they're having this meeting, waiting for it to kick off, all at the same, all aimed at the same point. So, as soon as Kurz and the lion start fighting each other, and on these two honor, these four honor guards start fighting, just drop pods from both sides are just landing in the exact same place, like all landing amongst each other. And like, so there's like no coherent lines and just this massive skirmish breaks out um, with drop pods colliding in the air and stuff, trying to all land in these little ruins. Uh, You're describing like a Norbital Assault bar brawl, man. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's a massive like fisticuffs fight. Um, anyway, sorry, back to, uh, back to the irregular here. Um, Rebute Gilliman cries about the line watch uh, catching Kurs with amazing effectiveness. As someone who's doing an in-depth study on counterinsurgency, I have a few things to say about the line, but we can get to that. Uh-oh. Um, I mean, some civvies died, but he caught the bastard, so win-win. This is, <laughs> not to get political, is this George W. Bush's burner? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? 
Guys, uh, Geneva Convention, more like Geneva Suggestion. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't condone law of armed conflict violations. So <laughs> we'll get out ahead of that one. Um, I, one man's opinion, I guess. Uh, yeah, the citizens of McCrag. It's it, we're talking about coining a. Uh, in the Warhammer universe, I'm sure it's slightly different than now. Um, the charisma of Luther and how he poisons the minds of a garrison, dark angels and new recruits shows that he was a great commander, but also a dick. <laughs> Can't have a Primark fight without a good old breaking of the backs. Great book. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Irregular. And finally, Lord Doran has come through today with the, uh, with the short story, the novella. Wait, you uh, want to do the small ones first? I, I can just run through the small, small ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. All right, so we got a... We got a... Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I haven't read it. Non-applicable out of 10. Pretty good, uh, pretty good honestly review. Honesty is the best policy. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly, I agree with this review. This review is uh, spot on, uh, straight up. Uh, and then we have Equitas saying, Haunter, stop haunting. 8 out of 10. I do not think the Night Haunter works like... Um, Swiper from uh, Dora the Explorer, but that was a good try. That would be such thing. a that would be such a thing to happen. Like the lion is just blowing up cities and all. If he if he just asked, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I'll stop. Um, right. Okay, are we ready? Who's starting? We gotta do dramatic voice for the big one. Oh, I don't. I don't have. Also, we've got a big. <clears throat> Um, do you want to go first, or shall I? Do you want to dice roll for it? Uh, we can we can dice roll for it. Oh, we can no, dice roll for it. Is, it, is it my turn to pick the the numbers? I don't remember. Yeah, you can always up. pick the numbers, buddy. I'm nice. Like all right, that. all right. I'll go. Wait, wait. I gotta I gotta pull into my night hunter reserves. Uh, two, three, and five, and it's gonna be a three. So if you get this, what you want? What do you want to have? You want me to start? Uh, no, 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 I'll start, I'll start. One, three, or five? No, no, two, three, or five. It's going to be a three. It's a five. Fuck. Well... well I mean, nice, yeah, good number choices. Good number choices. Okay. Hey, man, I just wanted to... Yeah, that, more like Nostradamus. want to rate a voice on. Chani, you're in a tubby long with. Can I experiment first? Can I, can I, like, get a... Can I get a, like... A trial run. What do you mean? Like, like, so, so I can see if the voice is good, you know. Yeah. Why don't you do the two lines that are most associated with our Prime Minister Boris Johnson leaving, Wait. which are um, "Them's the breaks" and "Hasta la vista, baby." <laughs> Both things he said. Those are so. Those are so like disparate. All right. <clears throat> wait, wait. Uh... Wait, wait, what was the first one again? Them, so, Vems, like them is. Vems, the breaks. Vems, like, the breaks. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Was that good? Is that good? Is... That, that's probably terrible. You just, you just, yeah, you sound like very 80s <laughs> rom com. Yeah, that's what, that's what we. Oh, was it going <laughs> for? oh excellent. Yeah, knock it Yeah, yeah of course, of go course. On, go on, go on, go on. Uh, I, I lost the voice, fuck. All right, well, I'll try <laughs> A difficult book to read, to be honest. I thought I hadn't read it yet, and just reread it today. As it turns out, I had read it once before, but I hadn't f- registered fully. Make of that what you will. 
Galthorpe has never enamored me with his writing style, and this one is no different. The ending seems too short or desperate somehow, too Dios ex machina to feel honest or earned. On the Dark Angels, I've come to dislike Zahariel intensely, not just as a character, but the schizophrenic way that he is written. <laughs> Even his internal monologue is very inconsistent. He's been an unreliable narrator from the first Dark Angels book through to this one. But you'd imagine that, at least in his own view, he is consistent or feels vindicated. Not so. He is all over the place. Like this accent. At one point... <laughs> oh my god, how big is this paragraph? At one point, he wants the order to be destroyed. At another point, he realize, he reasons that he needs the order to be preserved without any major new facts swaying his opinion. You want me oh, to take over here? I've got this. Okay, okay. The whole Lutheran plot comes down to a fine conclusion. Air quotations. At the end, with the order casting of the, with the order casting off the final shreds of Dark Angel's finery and declaring themselves independent from both Horus and the Imperium. But to get to that point, it feels as if no one on the Calibanite front has any real control over where they are headed. It feels too disordered for my taste. And somehow I expect that, though it might be it might sound as a deliberate juxtaposition, Gav Thorpe didn't intend it that way. Happy to be proven wrong on this one though. We try a new voice now. Lastly, the Imperium Secundus ends. The end of a dream of hope imprisoned in the nightmare that is a ruin store. Terra still stands and the three Primarchs have to make their way there. It feels as if Gilliman is looking at the lion as foreshadowing of what it'll become in 40k post Cicatrix Maledictum. The practical married to the pragmatic in a way that is not yet possible for Gilliman at this time. He is still a product of the morality of his foster parents. Oh, you sound like the um, <laughs> sound like the Clone Wars narrator. Oh shit! That, oh, that, hey, that's awesome though. <laughs> I'm gonna try it as well. How how does he sound? He's American, and he's quite sharp. Yes, Edit. sir. Something that is worth mentioning: the lion is finally <laughs> exhibiting some character growth. He's the guy like the way he does it in the Clone Wars. He's got like a really sharp end to his sentences. Do you remember that? Oh, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest about his work. ambitions. But near the very end of the book, he does at least to himself acknowledge... I'm going to do Barack Obama. Bro, you, you sound like Soldier from Team Fortress 2. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Um, should we just do the US presidents from here on? So, okay, try Nixon. Go on. I am not a crook. That's the lion. That's Luther even. Uh, no, I can... I can do Barack Obama. Oh, no. By admitting this, he's transformed into a more interesting character and it reconciles at least partially the dickhead. Hey, yo. How do you say this word? Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I don't want to say it wrong. Dichotomy. Dichotomy? Dichotomy. The uh, dichotomy of the lion in previous books. Excellent general and strategist. But utterly inept at a social level. Like Phosphex, this book has pricks of light and brilliance at the cost of destroying at least some things that it touches. For that, I'd give it a 7 out of 10, but it's given begrudgingly. 
How much of that was Futurama Nixon and how much of that was real Nixon? Wait, I wasn't doing Nixon, man. I was oh, just what? like doing a random voice, man. Was that 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 sound like Nixon? I had to do it more like <laughs> <laughs> I could have tried Joe Biden, but that would probably be unintelligible. I just like the idea of the line <laughs> being at the... um. So, right, to get into the spoilers, uh, what we should do is I think we should cover the Dark Angel part and then cover the Imperium Secundus part um, just to try and keep some semblance of what's going on. Um, obviously, at the start, we get the... We get, like, a prologue, as you said, of with Typhon and, and Horus and Luther. Uh, and the line, he gets angry at Luther and Horus. Um, but then we have the the Dreadwing. We get to see what a Dreadwing are all about, don't we? Uh, is that in the is that in the prologue? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do, we do, we do, we do. It's the um, it's the whole assault on that fortress, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I thought that was really, I thought that was really cool. I think this is what Dark Angel fans were waiting for. Um, what did you make of the Dreadwing? Uh, I mean, Dreadwing, cool as all hell, right? But you know, for once, I do have to give credit to the uh, the word bearers and the uh, world eaters, because th- they had like what a hundred people in that goddamn fortress. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to like pull up some warp fuckery to kill him, you know. Uh, so credit where credit is due, you know. The rats, the rats got one in. Gotta gotta give respect, you know. Uh, as for the dreadwing, I mean, it's literally just it, it's drone striking impersonated, isn't it? That's what they're all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, I like to think that it was almost like I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, sort of in, on my course I somewhat specialize in um, uh, global war on terror history so a lot of quotes coming and presidents coming out at the moment but it's kind of like um, it's like I feel like um, red loss is like have you ever seen the clip of George Bush at the golf course and he's like we must stop terror I, I <laughs> now watch not. this drive and <laughs> just blows the whole place up <laughs> uh that's basically this basic it's just like unnecessary it's just like it almost feels like maintenance for the dark angels it feels like they were just like oh we need to run the vehicles out oh there's, yeah as you say there's a fortress with about there's about 100 guys in there um ah oh, well that'll do big enough target <laughs> and uh and just absolutely smacks the place up oh you know the uh the colossus from solar is like the big ships yeah. That's what it feels like. Like, the ship just turns towards the planet and goes like, yeah, I have a weapon that just runs through the entirety of the ship, and I'm just going to shoot it at this tiny fortress with, like, 100 people in it. Exactly, yeah. But um, I, I see a lot of, like, people really like the Dreadwing in, in Horus Heresy. I think a lot of people can run it. I think it's a, I think it's a right of war. Witch King's going to mess with me and be annoyed if I'm wrong. But, um, <laughs> you know, you can run essentially big mega death force um and you know and they're not i don't think i think they're i think they basically got banned not not by gw but i think they got like the dark angels banned them after the horus heresy because i'm not sure they're around in 40k uh only three of the original six wings survive i don't remember which ones they are 
Death Wing Ravenwing. The fast yeah, Ravenwing is one, yeah. Maybe Dread survives, but something tells me maybe not. Um and yeah, it's um it is basically just a showcase of what's going on. Um and then they sort of realise afterwards, don't they, that something might have gone on with the whole Pharos situation. Uh yeah. Because they, they see the um Because if well, I remember correctly the disappears. <laughs> the line is drawn away from the Pharos, isn't he? He meant to defend it. Uh, yeah. He's essentially meant to defend the entirety of the 500 worlds, right? So, in theory, he's doing his job, but it's like, eh. It's a very bad excuse, and it's actually used in the book. Uh, but yeah, essentially, he's chasing He's chasing at nothing, because he's trying to get Curse, right? And then Curse is just like, not we there. We stop the terror. <laughs> I've called yeah. upon all of the 500 worlds to stop these terrorists. Now watch his drive. <laughs> now watch this draft. <laughs> ruins ruins the entire situation. Yeah. Um Yeah, and, and obviously we see we see an interaction with Siri as well. Um because the lion basically just rages at Siri and says that it broke the Pharos. <laughs> and uh, uh yeah. I well, how do you perceive um Siri? How do I perceive Siri? With, like I always feel like it's kind of like a guilty sparks style of character. Uh, well, I think he's got some. Well, she's got a, something up her sleeve since you're referring to her as Siri. Um, because yeah, in, in the day, it's still a demon, right? Uh, it wouldn't be doing this unless you know it was gaining something from it, or at least its patron god is gain, gaining something from it. So. I am suspicious of it. That's the best way for me to describe it. Interesting. Interesting. I'll have to see if I remember if it goes anywhere uh, in terms of that plot. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, and then we, we go back to we go back to Caliban. And obviously over the past few years, the lion has sort of just been sending everyone back, hasn't he? Um and now there's quite a sizable force of space marines and a lot of new recruits on Caliban. Um, you know, the Dark. Can you imagine if the Dark Angels have managed to keep their keep their act together? How powerful a force they'd be. Well, I I, I could I could imagine it, but I'd have to delete the lion from the picture, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a shame the Rangdan didn't get the lion. Um, it's a shame the other Primarch bought it. One we don't talk about. God damn it. But uh Yeah, the um It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously Zahariel um Zahariel's um cousin Nemuel, I don't know if you remember what happened to Nemuel or if you Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, pimp slapped by a lion basically and Yeah. God, oh God, the lion, man. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember Nemuel being that staunch on it. He no, was just he, like, "Please just don't like, do this," and the lion is just like, the fuck? "Yeah, he just pulls a Dorn, man. He just straight pulls, pulls a Dorn." Yeah, whenever, mean? whenever Dorn gets like disobeyed or like Question. gets a perceived slight, you know, 
he just goes off, dude. That's literally a Dorn from now on. I, I, I hope that everybody that's listening starts using that, mostly to piss off Sing and Baldur. You could also call it Winner POV, mate. Um, Winner POV? I don't think the Lion won there, man. I'm a be real. No, no, that's why you can't use that in this situation. He did not pull a Dorn. He didn't pull a Winner POV. I mean, he technically did in that situation, right? Because the librarians help him out, but um yeah but then he loses like all of his important librarians because of it and um so yeah we come back to caliban and i mean just like you know it's been it's been a while and i just i can't remember too much of it um you know oh it just it's been just so swamped with work i'm I'm looking forward to next season because next season we'll, we'll be doing books that neither of us have covered um, so I'm oh. very excited to sort of actually listen to books and talk to them fresh. But we're trying to remember what happened on Caliban. Zahariel and Cypher. I remember reading this book for the first time or listening to it and, and like having to go on Lexicanum because I just like was like, what 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 happened? Like why is why do people think Zahar like Zahariel's dead? What happened with him and Cypher? Like that's is that that's just like that doesn't happen in this book, right? With the whole band. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I'm pretty sure, for, like, from the context I got, I'm pretty sure it's a short story somewhere. And this is, I mean, this is a bit inherent of a problem at, at, um, the middle of the Horus Heresy when the short stories are critical to big books and they're not just telling yeah. a different short story. I uh, mean, I, I can tell you, uh, how it goes in my eyes. Like, well, sure, what educate me. So, you know the Ouroboros, right? Like, the uh, heart of Caliban, in a way, which is, like, this massive, super-powerful demon that's just shackled in Caliban, right? Yeah. So, what I think happened was there's, there was some tectonic activity in the Northwilds, right? In the Northwilds of Ecology, and that, like, opened a little bit of the Northwilds of Ecology, and Zahariel uh, and uh, Cypher, Lord Cypher, went there. Uh, and from what I understood, like, Zahariel tried to figure out what was going on, somehow awoke the Ouroboros, it just, you know, decimated the Northwild uh, arcology, and Lord Cypher was just like, uh, this is Sparta, essentially, on Zahariel. Yeah. Uh, Zahariel went down to where the Ouroboros is, Ouroboros essentially corrupted him. Now Zahariel thinks that the Ouroboros isn't a prisoner of uh, Caliban, but is actually, like, its spirit. Uh yeah. And since the Ouroboros has no, like, would be better off by using Zahariel instead of killing him, he just lets Zahariel back out. And now he's super powerful because, oh, imagine the whole um, bullshit with the Space Wolves where they go like, oh, we're not psychers, we're using the power of uh, Fenris, right? But it's actually real. That's actually what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's got that, yeah, we got him on a technicality. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's essentially what happens. And um, yeah, that's why Zahariel has like a vendetta on Lord Cypher the, during the whole book. Because I remember reading this and I was like, isn't Cypher a 40k guy? And then I looked into him in 40k and it's like, yeah, no, he's just a time traveler, man. I'm like, I... We don't know if it's the same Lord Cypher in 40k, though. Like, that's also true. More, uh, there's a good uh, portion, not a good portion, there's a bit of this book that essentially implies that the current Lord Cypher is dead. Uh, and the new Lord Cipher is someone that I'm not going to spoil yet. Um, but that new Lord Cipher might be the one in 40k. Okay. But we don't know. 
it's interesting. Uh, and it's also, I will just say as well, while we're discussing Dark Angels, it's good. I think it's good for us to brush up on this because I think something big is happening with the Dark Angels if the writer's room uh, on the 40k team decide to use it because they mentioned that essentially the uh, the Fallen um, are gathering in the in the northern cut-off part of the Imperium at legion-sized strength. So Ooh. it could be very interesting. Um, but yeah, no, so it's good to, it is good to refresh our minds here. Yeah, that's right. The, the Ouroboros, uh, I forget how they describe it. It's not very pleasant, if I remember correctly. The only thing I remember is tentacles, but not tentacles. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you got to get out, man. You got to get out, but it's too late. Um, yeah, and actually, what, what would you prefer, brother? Do you want to jump to Imperial Secundus now, or, or do you want to just discuss the, the Calibanite plot in full? I mean, I do think the Calibanite plot is interesting as a whole, right? Uh, if you okay, want to just go over about, the whole thing. Let's talk about the whole Calibanite plot. Let's talk about how Luther, um, Luther gets one up on the line. Um, spoiler alert, very easily. Um, yeah. Because he's not a moron. But, oh, he's uh, a little bit of a moron, just not as much of a moron. Well, I mean, it's ingrained, isn't it? You know, unfortunately, he's got lines gene teed in him. So there's always going to be yeah. some uh, moronic tendency <laughs> among the Dark Angels. Um, but yeah, Luther is in charge um, on Caliban. And he's also aware that something is not right with Caliban, isn't he? Uh, I'm not so sure if it's something not right as much as it is the Imperium kind of sucks, Lamal. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, yeah, so it's more more in reference to um, sort of cults on Caliban. He's not necessarily stopping them. Is it? But, I don't remember that being talked about in the book. That might even be an earlier book, but um, I, I think you're thinking about the uh, the whole Terran thing in um, what was the book? Uh, the short story we did? Uh, no, 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 no. It was one of the books because there there's one book, the first one where they find the Ouroboros. Um, oh, yeah. Where it's like some Terran colonists that, well, that came from Terra <laughs> into Caliban yeah. and they form a cult and they summon like part of the Ouroboros. Yeah, okay. Um so why don't you why don't you take us through a little bit about how Luther the the ins and outs just to remind us how Luther has gotten a gotten away with it and uh and manages to pull a sneaky on the line. Well the the ins and outs of it are uh the line doesn't check in. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. There's really nothing else. Um as, as said in previous books, um you know, they're always expecting new messages and they're never getting them anymore. Uh, they keep sending, you know, reports out. At some point, I think they just stop because why bother? Um, and, you know, yeah, why bother? There's never a response, right? And the lion doesn't give a shit either. Uh, and the way the whole thing starts is with a plot that goes literally nowhere. It's with Astalan, the, uh, the Terran uh, first master. Yes, so that is the guy we covered in Call of the Lion, if you remember, many moons ago. I do not. <laughs> we covered a short story. We did it back when we did short story episodes. 
Call of the Lion. One I really like. I love the premise. I'd love to see more from other legions. But it is the. It's like a very small crusade fleet uh, finding this dissenting human planet, and Astalan being a Terran is quite level-headed, I think. And then there's a Calibanite, like a like a fresh Calibanite officer. So it's the contrast between the Terran and the Calibanite Dark Angels. And basically, the Calibanite Dark Angel at the end rats him out to the lion for being indecisive. Oh, and, right. And this is how that's how Astalan gets sent back to um, uh, to Caliban. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, like the, the whole plot of Astalan when he goes down to the dungeons and talks to, uh, is it Melian? Uh, who was another Terran space marine that served with the um, with the six hosts, aka the first, aka the angels yeah. of death. Uh, it goes nowhere. It's like ah yes, once we're ready, we'll call uh, like the other. The, or my second will call you, right? And then it just never happens. <laughs> they just leave the planet. Like, what's the point of uh, you know? I guess it's to show that Asalan has like multiple exit strategies, right? But it, it, the way it's done, it just feels kind of forced. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just walks down there up to a guy that hates him for good reasons and just goes like, yeah, I'll free you. When, when I need you, I'll free you, bro. Like, <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. Do you feel like Astalan should have been a, a character that I mean, I think this was written into old law. Not old law, necessarily. I think Gav Fort might have even written this back in the day. So Astalan was always going to go bad, which I think is a shame because I thought he'd be a really good character to try and combat Luther as the loyal Terran Marine. I mean, because... we don't know if later he doesn't go... Yeah, yeah, I know, but he yeah. seems one over, doesn't he? And, and, it, and it's kind of... I, um, you some space marines are like impervious to any corruption and would shoot it down in an instant and would die instantly trying to kill you if you have said something traitorous. Yet here is Astalan being won over. Um, I, does that? Mm, I guess does that speak to Luther's strength, or I does does it speak to a weakness in Astalan, or perhaps? It's just people forgot that space marines are meant to be so men a bit more mentally willful i don't i don't agree that Asalan has been won over and like that's one of the reasons why nobody knows whether the fallen are like in 40k i mean um are traitors or not because there's a lot of evidence pointing towards the fallen being loyal and there's a quite a bit of evidence follow you know pointing to them being traitor and my opinion is that at some point Asalan is going to break off from luther because uh As there's like two or three major things that Aslan has. The first one being that he's only betrayed the lion. He's still very loyal to the emperor because he served directly under the emperor, right? Uh, the second one being that like the 30,000 hosts that he selected to go onto the spaceships is loyal only to him. Like he's made sure that those 30,000 space Marines are only loyal to him, you know? Okay. Interesting. And, uh, Three is the fact that Luther really wants to get rid of Astalan, and that's why he takes this, uh, the spaceships by force, 
to force Luther into not being able to rip, get rid of him, right? So I think at some point, Aslan is just going to go like, I don't need Luther anymore, and he's going to try and kill him. Um, well, either it's going to backfire spectacularly, or like maybe he'll finally release the uh, prisoners in the in the basement, you know? Uh, or maybe they just break off into two, and then you you get you know, uh, traitor fallen and loyal fallen. But I doubt that's actually covered in any book because nobody knows, right? And we're I think a bit too late <laughs> for that to get written up. Yeah, yeah. Astan is an interesting character. I remember at the time, some you know, when we were doing Call of the Line, people said, "Well, just you wait," because um, he is one to to keep an eye on. So. Maybe, maybe, maybe there are tales in forty k books that might tell the truth. Um, uh, but I, I think he's pretty. Maybe he's not necessarily pro Luther, but I think he is disenfranchised with everyone, um, which does happen in the heresy, not so much in the book series, but the 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 way to the avenue for people to do custom stuff in the heresies to do black shields. I don't know if you've heard too much about them, apart from people say on our discord asking when the rules are coming out. Um, oh yeah. I know what the black shields are. Yeah. So maybe Astalan becomes a black shield. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe he dies horribly. <laughs> 40k book. Um, one way or another. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what else would we consider worth noting about uh, Caliban and Bell, obviously Bella, he tries. He, he tried. And um, and and this is why I'm a little bit more convinced that Astalan is won over by Luther, maybe. But um, wait, wait, wait! You gotta you, now you gotta expand on that one because I, I don't understand how uh, Belaf would um would point you towards that. Doesn't he kill Belaf? No. Does he not? No. Uh, so Belaf dies when Astalan is in. Uh, is already in control of his battle barge, of his old battle barge. Uh, and he is down in the, like, hall feasting, quote-unquote. And Zahariel just goes like, well, I'm just going to shoot a lightning bolt into his chest. And that's exactly what he does. And oh, okay. Does Astalan... Astalan has something to do with Belaf. Does Astalan not kill Belaf's men? No, uh, no, 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 no. So, so what Astalan does is take over... Like, the battle barge used to be his... And Balaf, I think, was under his command, right? And is Balaf... When... All right, okay. I'm sorry to people who are, like, just shaking their heads at us right now. Because <laughs> this, is, this is... I think it's showing here that we're a little bit rusty. But is, is Balaf not... Balaf might even be the guy from Call of the Lion. It, it, it's, it's actually likely. Because <laughs> I, I think they were in the same ship. Uh, it's the ship that the Emperor gave uh, Astalan, right? Uh, and oh, Balaf just comes back in it, so uh, I'm guessing uh, yeah, the lion gave him his. command. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. That makes sense. Aslan yeah, should have been. Aslan should have killed Bella, because Belaf was a little bitch. True. Um, that, that's that's what I took away from Call of the Lion. <laughs> was it little Calibanites, little babies? Little little cry babies, and they just but ironically they cry to the lion and then abandon the lion. This whole Horus Heresy thing is very confusing. The lion uh, fails to understand the crying, and then they get expe- expelled to Caliban. Okay, 
for the purposes of time, in ten words, sum up how Luther enacts his betrayal. How they don't have to be connected words. They can just be ten words. Okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna refrain from using Luther then. Let me let me count words. All right. Um. Okay, okay, okay. Uh. So here's the. Okay, okay. That's that's one. That's one. Uh, that's one word. Hold up. Um. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. I got three words. I got three words. They're not related. Oh, if you do it in three, I mean. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it's he does it through charisma, resolve, and scheming. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Just being a nice guy with a terrible intent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, he's literally just an alpha legionnaire. Like it's an alpha legion book again, dude. He's just an alpha legionnaire, but he's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, moving on. I'm aware of time here. Um, Imperium Secundus, because ultimately, guys. The Dark Angels, you you were here for us to talk about how cool the Dreadwing stuff was. You, like us, surely aren't that fussed about... I think, Dark Angels fans, you were just living for the two times Corswing got mentioned in this book. And I I, I respect you for it. Because um, he seems to be the only... One of a few competent ones, so I know you have to rally to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, let's talk about my... Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about Bobby G... Let's talk, unfortunately, about the line. But that's you know, Bobby G. Bobby G. Finally has a word with the line. Um, obviously, for reference, um, Kurz is still kicking about on Illyrium. Sorry, Illyrium, more specifically. Illyrium. Yeah. Um, which is a rundown area, right? Which is a yeah, it's like uh, a rebel area, impoverished. You know, you just is it? Uh, if I remember, if I recall correctly, they're not. They've sort of, re- they, re- you know, they've repented almost from the exp- the expansion of McCrag's empire. They're almost doing it out of choice. I feel like. Yeah, they're also um, chaos corrupted. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Who needs a nice house when you got the you got the when you've got the uh, the dark gods? Um, they'll keep you warm. But uh, yeah, so it's. It was nice to see that whilst there are like not nice areas of McCrag, it's like literally people are like, it's purely out of refusal to accept all the nice stuff Bobby G's doing. Um, so you could live there. Why would I live there? Well, I mean, you don't like Bobby G, so why would you want to live in his in the nice house he's built you? I'll just go off world. I, I don't like Slanish either, dude. What the hell? You're gonna have to go a long way. That's a lot of warp travel to get out of a 500 world. So I think. Hey man, it's fine. I'll just go on with the Dark Angels and their Siri. <laughs> oh dear. You get buried in an asteroid. <laughs> in stasis Wait. is that what you look for? Hey man, at least I got the Watchers in the dark taking care of me, dude. <laughs> the little man. No, man. They remind me, the, the drawings I've seen of them remind me, there was like a game ages ago, maybe like the PS3, where it was like four wizards, and they were like little guys. Oh, Magicka. Like, Magicka. Yeah, that's what I think the um, Watchers in the Dark look like. That's yeah, they're, they're, they're like a mix between Magicka and the Jawas. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get some, we want some more of those guys. They'll take their hood off, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, so essentially Kurz is hi- hiding up there, and we have the lion conduct a um 
uh, to call it counterinsurgency would be uh, a lie. Also, to say the lion ran it <laughs> would be a lie. Was it? Because it, no, no, he was there, all right? He was there and supposedly, like, doing some orders. But let's be honest, it was Red Loss, all right? It was all Red Loss. Yeah, commanders delegated to the... To the... They're like, right, we gotta, we got to dismantle this insurgency that Kurz is setting up to get to him. It's like... I'm telling you, man, it's just been running stuff out. It, you know, the United States dropped a Moab bomb in Afghanistan just because they could, I think, at that point. I think Trump just wanted to see how big an explosion it would make. You know, <laughs> and this is what I feel like the lion is. Sorry, lion fans. To, to uh, Or should I say sorry to Donald Trump fans? No, you know what? I'm okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we're good on that front. I think we're okay. Um, but, you know, it's just like, you know, he's, he turns the hounds loose and... Um, and just goes absolutely berserk on these guys uh, in some slightly isolated incidents, I would say, you know, he, I, I don't think he absolutely just, you know, devastates everything in the area, but you know, it's close. It's close. Yeah, it's said not much is living after. <laughs> yeah. By 40 K standards, it's pretty tame, but <laughs> maybe, um, Obviously, Gilliman not too happy with that, and um, but it does get Kurz captured in the end, right? Uh, he, I mean, th- at that point, it, is, it isn't even a counterinsurgency when they capture Kurz. It's literally just orbital bombardment. Mass does not orbital bombardment. Yeah, except the Cassius assault rams, right? They yeah, and, and the Cassius assault mountain. rams and uh, drop pods filled with phosphex bombs. <laughs> The it's, mountain uh, just becomes transport systems. Yeah, there's nothing uh, left of rock on the outside. It's just, it's like a beehive, just absolutely swarmed in entry vehicles, basically. Uh, look, look. So why would you need a missile or a torpedo when you can load a drop pod with a bunch of rad bombs and phosphex bombs and just do the same thing? You know, <laughs> is that cheaper? I don't know what the cost of a drop pod is. Should I make leaky cheese figure it out? Yeah, we should probably make Leaky Cheese figure it out. If you're listening, Leaky, just give us the numbers, bro. Give us the figures on it. Break down the entire defense budget of the Imperium for me. <laughs> and before he realizes it's still less than the American budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this show's getting very political. Oh, no. This is dissertation on the brain, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, Sanguinius He's depressed. He's not having a good time. Uh, why do you think he's not having a good time? Because uh, he knows that uh, Horus is going to fucking kill him. Yeah. That's it. So Kurz had the conversation with him last book, right? Yes. With As- uh, Ascalon's ouchie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... But we, you know, we get for poor Horace Heresy readers who do, you know, Dark Angel, you know, we get the line versus Kurs for what must have felt like the eighty sixth time in that mountain, um, and um, it's kind of like he's just the line just chips away at him, doesn't he? Death by a thousand cuts. 
Oh, he also pulls the first smart maneuver I've ever seen him pull. What, where he baits uh, him out? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So he's like, oh, Curse is all about theatrics, theatrics, right? There's like this chamber that literally looks like an amphitheater. It's probably rigged with bombs. Let me send some, you know, tech marines or something to, you know, destroy the bombs. And he was right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is that smart when it's literally the exact thing he did to the lion like eight months ago? Well, it's smart because they... he figured out the location more more than he knew that it was going to happen. The the room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he did some Sherlock Holmes stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yo, I'm just, bro. I'm just yeah. giving him. I'm just giving him. You're what trying. I can, sorry, man. sorry, my B, my B. I'm just giving him what I can. <laughs> He's. Yeah, I mean, he's going to take another L in a second. You're more uh-huh. kind of this, you know, so it's like, we'll give him a tiny dub. Um, uh, yeah, and it kind of shows that Kerr should be pretty low down on people's Primark tier ratings for just fighting, right? Because if you actually get him out in the open, he's not very good. Yeah, if you know where he is, he's not great. Um, but you know that you you can't always rate a Primark based on um, its weak spots. You know, it's like the whole F thirty five thing. Like, yeah, once the F thirty five is out in the open, it's not great, but it's not meant to be in the open. You know, there's gonna be people. It's just gonna be the a lot of this episode. Some people is just gonna be the Walter White. Guess <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Um, I I understand. Um, obviously, we get a back break. We get we get finish him, um, but he doesn't finish him. But he kind of finishes him. Takes off his backpack. You know, take off a space marine's backpack. It's game over. Um, them's them's the breaks. Uh, <laughs> and I we'll skip ahead because we've waffled a lot to the to the trial. The Imperial Triumvirate, or what was it that the regular called them? Was it the uh, League of Blondes? The League of Blondes. That's pretty good. I'd never thought of that. I, until I I'd heard never it heard that one either. But the League yeah. of Blondes. This was starting to make a lot more sense all of a sudden. <laughs> why it didn't work out? Hmm. Um. Yeah, this happens in Millennium in M thirty one thirty one. Also, the shared IQ of the Council of Blondes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! You're dissing Gilliman. Wait, this is unheard of. And no one is safe. No one's safe from me, bro. What? I'm a pragmatic guy. I you know. Hey, no editing this out. No. Um, in this in this situation, I mean, we've done the Imperium Secundus argument already, but uh, um, but you know, Kurz plays these lot like a fiddle. I would say. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's like, he pretends to go off-world, and then you, like, when you think for a bit, you go like, wait, how can he get off-world? Um, short answer is he couldn't. <laughs> I don't think he could if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I meant in, like, the, in the trial, like, sangui- you know, oh, Sanguinius no. allows kids to talk. So, you know, yeah, yeah, the the, the Joker side. I of think the, Sanguinius of just wanted it to be over. I think Sanguinius at this point is helping Kurz. He's like, Sanguinius is like, can we just get to the end? 
let our self-sabotage Imperial Secundus so we can all get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so we can all just go die. So I'm sure you know? they'll die on terror. <laughs> as I'm bored of waiting. I, you know, so, so, obviously not in those words, but that, hey, I That's wouldn't put it past Sanguinius. Like. You know, he's clearly restless. You know, just be like, like the shots of him flying around the crag. Just bored, basically. Uh, isn't I, I, I wish we got that back because that wasn't in this book. I know, but... Yeah, it's damn. ever since Gilliman lifted his arm in the air, he's not felt right about it. I don't think. Um, he's not enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just tragic the whole Sanguinius thing. You know, it's almost like Curse, but as Sanguinius himself says, they're not the same. And now, you know, I'd be hopeless too if I knew I was just going to die point. Well, not pointlessly, but in what looks like a pointless death. Yeah, you know, I mean. I think they are meant to be. I think there are meant to be parallels between them, right? Uh, between Curse and Sanguinius. Yeah. Yeah, sort for of like sure. Two sides of the coin. Yeah, like one of them went batshit insane, and the other one didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't. You can't really blame Curse, given where he's grew up, um, and the fact I think he basically like he landed in like magma and had to crawl up through the hole in the earth that is uh that is podded landed in i mean isn't ball also ball is also terrible yeah yeah, yeah. But, but i guess uh, i guess there's no child slavery and stuff there and it's just sanguinius chooses to better himself and and his legion because both kurz and sanguinius's legions arrive and are essentially not good people and then the line, uh, the sorry, Sanguinius chooses to better his legion and himself, whereas Kurz continues down the dark path. Right? Yeah, on- honestly, I think ever since the beginning, Kurz knew exactly how he was going to die, and so he was just going like, eh, Kurz, you know, Kurz, Kurz watches, Kurz, uh, his capability is very, what was it that we, what was it that I listened to? There was a short story about him. I think it's in like maybe Prince of Crows or Savage Weapons one of the Thramas Crusade short stories, it flashes back to um, when he's found and he looks upon uh, Fulgrim, Dawn, Ferris Manus and Lorgar, I think, and can see like the, their 40k state just like right away. So he sees Dawn's death. He sees Ferris Manus's death. He sees Fulgrim Snake Boy. He sees Lorgar Weirdo. Um... Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I, I have to say this. Um, Thorn's supposed death, but we don't know if he's dead. Sure. Cha- how much did Chapter Master Varric pay you? Uh, is a... I'm not allowed to disclose that See, the thing is, I'm a pragmatic Imperial Fist player, and other people are sensationalist. Uh, I I hope it's Dawn's not dead, because if he's gone out to a load of mortals, that's a bit. that's like the worst Primarch death yet. Hey man, yeah. All I'm saying is next 40k Primark reveal, Dorn confirmed. Dorn lives. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Thursday reveal. <laughs> Dorn on a Dorn coming back on a land raider. Um. Dorn's been a centurion in the Imperial Palace all along. But uh, to back back <laughs> to the court. Um. Obviously, Gilliman and the line. It all comes to a head as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
even Sanguinius got, you know, mad at that. Yeah, I, I don't get why. I don't get why. Like, what's what's the point? What's the point of not allowing orbital engagement if you're letting the lion burn everything? You know, like, what? Why draw the line there? <laughs> it's a very weird line to be drawn. You know. Yeah, but you know, I you know I don't think Gilliman ever ever trusted the lion fully. No, yeah, for sure. Like the Gilliman I mean, we was. Covered, we we covered this in Unremembered Empire. I think he was like, oh, who was it? He'd say take. He's like, I take any any. I take. No, he literally says, "I take anyone," and then he meets the lion and goes like, "Oh, not no, this not, guy, not him." <laughs> I, you know, because oh, he's, he's talking about emperor, isn't he? The emperor role role of Imperium Secundus, and he's like, yeah. "I would let anyone sit in that chair." Not him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, dude, it's the whole meme. Uh, it's the whole thing. Um, I just want a guy that a guy like this, and then the uh, the guy just responds below, "Hi," and she's like, "Ew, not you." And he's not like, you. "I'm literally the guy in the picture." <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So. So yeah. So Gilliman breaks the lion's sword. It's very symbolic. Their relationship is not shattered good. i want I, yeah i mean that, i feel like that's for symbology but then i know in ruin storm they're gonna go on an, an avengers level adventure together so i'm i'm hasty I, oh, oh sorry i'm far from hasty in in drawing a conclusion about their relationship um if in ruin storm they're basically barely interacting with each other i'm i'm there for it i want to see them uh because obviously, it's not really a spoiler for any of the books, but they don't get to terror in time. So they sort of, somehow Sanguinius is going to get through and then those two are just going to be left awkwardly. It's like when your mutual friend leaves the room and you're just there with a, with like someone you don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, I just find it sad that the League of Blondes went from a, collective total of 32 IQ to 2 IQ when Sanguinius got to Terra and they didn't. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I don't... Yeah, but it's kind of like the line comes back so quickly as well, doesn't he, to... Uh, I don't know, you know... It's weird, isn't it? Obviously, the lion is now gonna go back to Caliban. I'm sure everything's fine, buddy. What could possibly have gone wrong? And um, but then, but then he reappears, right? He comes back. Oh yeah, as he's um. So so I don't think he ever gets into the warp. He just goes like, um. The whole premonition. It's, this is dumb. Because uh, the the whole premonition, like, sure, it means the Emperor is alive. But, like, why bother at that point? You're already leaving. <laughs> yeah. You know? So just, like, kill Kurz, you know? Just prove him wrong, at least in one thing. Like, the Emperor is still alive, my guy. Like, I don't think you disproving... What I, I get where he's coming from, right? Because um, if you prove Kerr's right, it means that, it, well, it would mean 
theoretically, that the emperor is alive, right? Yeah. But first off, why are you believing the word of Kurs? And second of, why are you not going to check yourself anyways if you're on the way out, you know? Um, so, like, that, that was literally just a moment where I was just going, like, off with his head. Now. <laughs> and they just, That's like... How, I thought you were going into Portuguese there. Wh- wh- why? I thought you said... Or something. What, what I do. It was it off with his head? You said. Yeah, I said off with his head. He was like a fufu said. Bro, what? I was like, I was like mm, in Portuguese. I love on the lexicon, <laughs> by the way, is um, Kers laughed at the confusion of the scene. Me reading this book, uh, the audience listening to this episode, laughing <laughs> at the confusion of the scene. Um, but yeah, I. Um... I, I would say it's obviously sad for Sanguinius as well because it does prove he's well. He thinks it's like well, if he's right about that, uh, my thing's probably true as well. Yeah, that's another thing. Like if they just killed Kurz, then Sanguinius would gain hope again, and maybe he just wouldn't die. You know, I've heard rumors that because he doesn't care anymore, Sanguinius goes absolutely super saiyan on terror. So I'm kind oh. of here for it. Okay, 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 okay. Um, in the old lore, he already had a Super Saiyan scene. I've heard that... I've not heard specifics, but I've heard that's barely scratching the surface. He is, you know, he may... We may... I think when we do the siege, we might have to declare, like, MVPs, maybe. And he may well be a contender for loyalist MVP. Although you'll of just course pick you'd say that. You'll just pick Jagatite, yeah. No, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Of course not. I mean, he drove I'm... his bikes over the wall. He must be the winner. Dragatite well, went the fastest, so he well, wins. Well, am I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong? No. We'll see. I'm we'll not see. Wrong. We'll see. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of books. There's a whole. There's, we've got another season between then and the siege. Um, but yeah, no, the line kind of just 180s. It, it's just proving that the authors kind of perceive him as a child. <laughs> Wait, what? You go. He storms up. He storms up to his room, the spaceship, reflects for five minutes, and comes back and basically says sorry. He's like, "Oh, a bit of I did an oopsie. Sorry. Can I? Can I keep Kurz? And they're like, "Okay, because that hasn't gone wrong before, am I?" Yeah. Yeah, that's what Gilman should have a sick one-liner. He'd be like, "Well, you gonna keep your intercom off this time." Damn, bro. Yeah. You know, if that happened, I would have become an Ultramarine fan. God damn it. But it didn't. So here we are. Right, okay. Gav, I'm going to hit you up. We're going to speak to Black (laughs) Library. We're going to get a slight rewrite. (laughs) And the book came out in 2016. It's never too late for a reprint. Uh, Not not true, not true, not true. Don't do Um, it. But yeah, I mean, so that is a very muddled and roundabout Angels of Caliban summary in our thoughts and probably a little bit too much reference to George Bush and Donald Trump for a Horace Hour episode. So we'll, we'll, we'll rein back on that one a little bit next uh, next episode. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, it's all going to kick off again now, brother, I hope. I mean, we'll get this episode out. Hopefully, um, what we can do, I mean, in a few weeks' time, it is a... Um, we're having a bash at Warhammer World. I'm going to see if there's any slots going. Um, 
they're, they're sort of kind of booked out at the moment, but I might put an advert out on Twitter if we if someone wants to come and fill in. It's like a 2.5, 3K game. I'm probably going to be at 2.5 because I had no time to paint. Um, uh, and then some people who bring 3K can fight each other. It's just a big throwdown friendly. Um, and yet, um, that should be fun. We've got some merch. I'm excited to get my hands on that. Are you going to be picking some up, Varela? Uh, I have no money. You could have just said yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Yes. Especially uh, the stickers who come in packs of five. The stickers, very uh, cool. the stickers do actually look pretty nice. I'll, uh, I'll give you, I'll give them that. Um, <laughs> Teespring was incredibly easy to set up. Um, full disclosure, you know, we've set we've set the prices as basically as low as we could get them, so that we didn't have to pay Teespring. Um, oh yeah, I don't know if that's how it works, but basically we make very little profit. It's purely just um, so that we can have some merch. We can show some love to the HH. And um, and yeah, it's a Mark II Marine. Why wouldn't you want it on your clothes? Um, if there's any other products you want to see it on, I'm sure we can put stuff together as well. So um, let us know. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll maybe take, we'll start Rumor Engine next week. Um, we'll do, and we'll, we'll get it out the gate and, and then maybe sort of, um, or maybe sort of end of August, we'll have the, um, we'll have the next season start. Exciting stuff. I can't wait to where it will see where it'll take us uh, and get to do some books neither of us have seen before. Yes, uh, sir. Brother. It's that time to fill your contractual obligation. All right, all right. I'm out, I'm out of practice, all right? But here it goes, here it goes. Thank you to all the Patreons. Your support is very appreciated. You help us with everything we do around here. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you. I'll just go with a short one this time, you know? Nice. Perfectly executed. Thank you for bearing with us, guys. It's been great to get back in the uh, on the pod and, uh, and just have a chat and a, and a little bit of a piss take. So uh, from me, it's goodbye. And from Varela. I'll see you. Land Raider on Thursday.